So as Justice has already said, I've been asked to talk about those, perhaps for us now, very familiar sensations of anxiety and worry. But it would be inappropriate for me to think that in the next half an hour or so that we have any chance of covering this challenging topic in any great depth. Let's be honest, pop along to any bookshop, Christian or secular, and you'll find a mass of books which explore the many ways that we can attempt to deal with our anxiety and worry. So I make no pretense this will not cover everything. It would also be inappropriate for me not to acknowledge that some people that are listening to this are dealing with significant levels of anxiety, either due to the current circumstances, mental ill health, or the unhappy partners of depression and stress which often accompany anxiety. Life can be challenging sometimes. So I am under no illusion that perhaps some of what I say this morning might be helpful, but it is not always a substitute at all for professional help. So if you feel you need counselling, psychiatric support or appropriate medication, please explore that with someone you trust or your GP. But one thing I would say to reassure us is if you read your Bible, it is pretty clear that experiencing anxiety or worry is a part of being human. See, we are finite people. We don't know everything. We definitely don't know our future. We can't be everywhere at once. And we can't find the perfect solution to the unsolvable problems that face us. Sometimes all we're able to do is endure. And what do we worry about? The themes are common, are they not? Even if the details are different. So we worry about health, particularly at the moment, physical well-being, mental well-being, for ourselves, for the people that we love. We worry about our relationships within our family circle, within our friendship groups, among our neighbours, our work colleagues. And we worry about the potential challenges that, let's be honest, many of our relationships can bring at times. We worry about financial security. How am I going to meet my financial demands? And just now there are people who cannot go to work. That is a deep worry for them. How do I find employment? How do I keep employment? How do I make what I have actually run to the end of the month? Maybe we worry about world issues, pandemics, climate change, that hasn't gone away, famine. And strangely enough, we're more concerned about food just now than we probably have been for a very long time. What about conflict, natural disasters, these things don't stop. What about the safety of those that we love and of ourselves? They're all legitimate concerns, aren't they? But the risk is, and the Bible talks about this, that our anxieties dominate us and then we lose perspective. You see that in some of the stories in our Bibles, that those who were in trouble or anxious made rash decisions. Sometimes we doubt God's ability to even rescue us and we can dig ourselves into an even bigger hole as we try and get ourselves out of that difficult position. Haven't we all got examples of that? If 
only you hadn't started to try and change things. So what do the terms anxiety and worry even mean? A really interesting hunt through various resources. Anxiety is described as an extreme uneasiness of the mind, a brooding of the mind. It's often marked by physiological signs of sweating, tension, increased heart rate. Anxiety is characterized by doubt concerning the reality and nature of a threat or self-doubt about my ability to cope. Don't we all know that feeling? The churning stomach, bracing heart, as we think about something that we think is going to happen and we're not sure we have the resources to deal with it. The word that they use in the Bible, which we translate as anxiety or worry, has at its root the sense of being divided, of being drawn in different directions. Isn't that often how we describe ourselves, being pulled, pulled in different directions, trying to meet that need and that need, and they oppose each other, and it's painful, it's hard? Or we're divided because we can't concentrate on the task at hand because that worry, bing, keeps coming in interfering with your thinking process. You can't get your mind away from it to do the things you're supposed to be doing. The root of the word worry in English is to strangle, choke. It's a strong word, isn't it? But worry can strangle my hope. It chokes our joy. And finally, Another sense linked to the word worry is how a predator worries its prey. You've seen those images of a dog worrying something, shaking it about, it's powerless to resist. Is that how we feel when life spirals out of control? These are really powerful images, aren't they? How can we resist those feelings? How can we keep them in balance? How can we learn to cope with them and still have a life that feels fruitful? Does the Bible have any answers? There are actually many verses which deal with worry and anxiety, but we're only going to look at one this morning. It's in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. And it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. He cares for you. When we seek to take back control from the burden of anxiety, the place we have to start at is God. The passage tells us he cares for you. One commentator writes, you are his personal concern. That's, that's you, not anyone else. You are his personal concern. Each one of us, equally. And the word concern is a current concern. He's concerned about you right now. It's an ongoing concern. He intends to keep being concerned about you. And it is an unending concern. It will not finish. If you don't have a personal relationship with God, the promises of these verses are not actually accessible because they require a total dependence on God. 
The Bible tells us he longs to start relationship with us. And why? Well, because he loves us. He loves you. And your relationship with him is mediated through Jesus, his son, who was willing to sacrifice everything, including his life, so he could have a relationship with you. Perhaps you believe in God, but your image of him is that he is remote, but disinterested. Well, that's how we live life sometimes, that he's remote. Just just over there. Well, that's not what this verse tells us. It says, he cares for you. It's only if you have a deep belief that he cares for you that you have any hope of grasping a hold of the promises he gives us. Maybe just now you're looking around the world, the lives of others, and you wonder if God is powerless. The Bible tells us that God, that God is not limited as we are. He is infinite. There is a big difference between our resources and his resources. And, and if there wasn't, how could we call him God? The great encouragement is that God is never surprised by circumstances. God is not shocked or astounded by the recent turn of events. God is never caught on the horns of a dilemma or in a bind with nowhere to turn. But also, there is nothing in your life which is beneath God's notice. Does it sometimes feel like you nurse your anxieties alone? No one else knows about them. No one else sees them. You dare not share them. The thing is that God sees you. He hears your cries of pain and frustration. His heart never wearies of your troubles. God's love for you is greater than the love anyone else you know has, ever had, or can ever offer you. And it extends to everything about you and in your life. He cares for you. Do you really believe that? Or is it just an intellectual concept? Do you believe that is for you and your relationship with God? He cares for you. Then it tells us what we have to do with that information. Humble yourselves, casting all your anxieties on him. This is how God helps us to deal with our anxiety and worry. There are two steps we need to take. We need to humble ourselves and cast our anxieties on God. Well, what does that actually mean and how do we do it? Well, I brought some, a prop. So I've got a sheet. And on it, in my best copy of my mum's school teacher handwriting, I've written many things. I've written the kinds of things that all of us worry about. For some of us, these are big issues. For some of us, not so big. But we all probably have versions of these to deal with. So what have I got on it? Spiritual concerns, friendships, parents, the environment, 
employment, mental illness, bills, children, or housing, conflict, neighborhood, grief, pain, or siblings, retirement, there's many more. So these are the kind of things we all have to live with. And this is sometimes what worry does to us. We wrap it around ourselves. It gets in the way. It constrains us. Hang on a minute. Hands are free. Weighs us down. Yeah? And we live with this. We live with this around us. It affects how we think. It affects how we feel. What we do. Yeah? Sometimes we might try and pass our worries on to someone else, you know. Here you go, Katrina, have some of my worry. The problem is, all I'm doing is adding my worries to Katrina's own sheet of worries. So now she's got to double the amount. And then maybe that's too much, so I have to take it back. She can't cope with it. Sometimes I've handed my worries on to some people and they've actually added some extra ones to it. So we've got these worries. We're willing to admit to one another sometimes that our resources aren't sufficient. We share our burdens with one another. We're encouraged to do that. You know, a problem shared is a problem halved. But if I can admit to my friends, to my family, that I have heavy burdens, concerns that weigh me down, if I can acknowledge that my resources aren't sufficient, how can I not acknowledge that to God? That's what it means to humble myself. That we recognize God is who he says he is. And that I need to depend on him. Humbling myself is not groveling before God in some sort of despising myself kind of way. It's an attitude towards him. An attitude which gives him credit for who I am and what I do. It means I release my self-reliance. My, I can sort all this, I can cope with all my troubles. Release my pride in how successful I have been at overcoming barriers. That's painful to admit that maybe not all the resources that I am using are of myself, but they've been given to me by God. Can I acknowledge that, that he is my resource? Not just to myself, but to others? If I humble myself, can I give him my concerns? If I humble myself truly before God, I'll trust his ability to deal with all of these things that I have written here. I can trust him to give me the necessary strength, the courage, the wisdom to keep going, make the right choices. It doesn't mean I don't take action, but rather that I allow God to direct my action, to direct my steps. It means I rely on his strength as I keep going through that difficult course of action, holding firm. If I humble myself before God, I can look at my life, at these troubles, and admit I don't understand why I am in the position I am in. But acknowledge that God has not abandoned me. He will not let me be crushed under the weight of it. But I can only humble myself like that to admit that level of dependence if I realize I am truly loved. Otherwise, I spend my time trying to earn God's help. 
if I'm trying to get God to love me, well, I have to build myself up to look better. I can't accept help. I'm too busy improving my own performance. So humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. But we're not done yet. You see, what does the second part of the verse say? Casting all your anxieties on him. You see, sometimes what we do is we look at our troubles. We go, ah, yes, yes, right. Here's the big stuff, children. Okay, I'm going to give God this one. I mean, we love them, but they can be a challenge, can't they? And my resources aren't always sufficient for that. Okay, okay. Well, I don't want to admit this, but maybe I should hand over mental illness as well. What do you think? Yeah? Those times when I'm so low, I've got no resources left. Okay. I'll admit maybe God could help me with that. Okay, okay. I'm feeling a bit better now. I've handed over those things. Maybe, maybe God could deal with those bills that are difficult to pay. Okay, right, we'll give them to God as well. Right, right. But then what we do is we hand those things over there and carry on with all the rest of it. I still have all the rest of it weighing me down and getting in the way. And then, you see, those things over there. Sometimes we go, well, I really appreciate what your word says, God, but I think, I think this might be too big. I'm not sure you can cope with this, actually. You know, just seems too enormous for that to ever be fixed. Okay, I'll take that back. It's a bit heavier again, but it's all right. A bit more time passes, and then you think, actually, God... I mean, I know you said that you love them, but this isn't going the way I thought it was going to go. So I, 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 think, I think my solution's quite good. I'd like to try that. So you pick it back up. Or sometimes you think, God's got much, much bigger, much more important things to deal with than my bills and the fact that I'm not sure I'll cover them at the end of the month. He's got coronavirus to deal with. I'll take the bills back. We're back to where we started. I've lifted them all up again. That's not what this passage says. It says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Casting. It's a vigorous word, isn't it? It's a throwing action. And I'm not sure how often when I throw something down the stairs to pick up later, I only throw half of it down. I usually throw the whole thing. See, it says, casting all your anxieties on him. So what God is saying is, I want all your worries. Throw it over. Hand them the full weight of it. The thing is, we do that, but occasionally, if you're anything like me, you then drag the whole thing back. I mean, it just, it, it just tails along behind you. And before you know it, 
you're kind of, well, it's familiar, isn't it? It's comfortable. You know all these things. So you pick them back up again. And here we are again. Once years ago, I was skiing on holiday. Skiing on holiday? On a holiday, skiing. I was on my own on a chairlift. I had the day to myself. The sun was shining. The mountains were beautiful. And there was a wonderful stillness around me. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds idyllic. But here was my problem. My mind was filled with worry. I had legitimate concern for a situation which at that precise moment, on that chairlift, I had no control over. But I could not stop thinking about it. Okay, come on, focus on the peaceful atmosphere, I told myself. I tried. My thoughts were drawn back into that trouble. Look at the mountains, I told myself. Admire the beauty of it all. To no effect. Well, then I remembered a conversation I had when I went to counselling. I try to control those things that are out with my control. That's not part of my role. So I prayed, and I handed all those concerns over to God. Sorted, yeah? Okay, okay, I can enjoy those mountains now. But you see... <clears throat> I struggled to believe that God would take this particular issue. Like I understood in my head he would. The Bible tells me so. But my heart didn't believe it. So I pulled it back, wrapped it around myself again, started thinking about it again. So I prayed again. Take it God, take that situation. I have nothing I can do about it just now. And then I drew it back. What I would really like you to do, God, with this particular situation, when I'm not around to deal with it, is this, 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 and this. Thank you. But I'm not sure you're going to do that. How could I make it that you could do that? I picked it up again, wrapped it around myself again. Finally, I had to humble myself and acknowledge before God that he had much, much more concern about that particular situation. God knew the best course of action. And I released my control to him. And finally, I was able to enjoy my afternoon of freedom, free of concern for that period of time. The situation had not gone away. I stepped right back into it later, but I'd learned a valuable lesson by casting my concerns onto God. One commentator writes that worry is a thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. If encouraged, it cuts the channel into which all other thoughts are directed. Peace of mind doesn't depend on solving all the problems. It doesn't require you to right all the wrongs. Peace of mind isn't about removing your imperfections or getting what you want. Peace of mind comes from entrusting all you are, all you have, and all you do to the one who loves you and will hold you. Psalm 55 verse 22 says, Cast all your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall.
We're going to spend a few minutes responding. I've got some pieces of paper. I'm going to pass around, and if it's helpful to you, you can write a concern on there, scrunch it up, and there's a basket at the foot of the cross. Drop your concern at the feet of Jesus. Leave it with him. Feel free to do that if it's helpful. But what I want us to think about is, is Jesus asking you to enter into relationship with him in a way that you recognize your dependence on him, that he's worthy of that trust? Do you need to ask him for faith and courage to believe that you can release control of some of your concerns to him? Perhaps some of your worries and anxieties define you. Do you need God to show you how he defines you? Let him give you a new identity. Or perhaps you need to decide today that seeking the support of professionals is part of God's answer to your anxiety. We're just going to play some music and I'll pass out the paper. And just come before God and allow him to minister to you.